Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We're so glad you joined us today. If you've been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, good morning. One more time. Good morning. That was, that was much more enthusiastic. I appreciate that. I'm going to need your help this morning as I preach. Um, I'm really excited to be back with you. I look forward, Pastor John, to the day where you just say, um, someone who's no stranger to us. I look forward to that moment. So I am inviting myself back um, once every few months, just so you know. Um, we'll pray about it. We'll see what the Lord says. I'm sure it's yes, though. But, uh, but I'm excited. As Pastor John mentioned, um, I am a missionary to Canada. It kind of happened uh, out of nowhere. Um, my intention when I first left my church after eight years as a youth pastor, um, was to be an evangelist. And I was excited about that. And an opportunity came about where I had the opportunity to go back to my old high school and to, um, do a leadership retreat for their student leaders at their school. Now I I knew that being an evangelist, I would have opportunities to go to school. That was part of what I wanted to do, but this opportunity led me to a conversation with the director of mission Canada And uh, this director and I began to have some conversations about what it would look like if I partnered with Mission Canada or Mission Canada partnered with me. And uh, and so after a few months, uh, I went through some interview process and and, and discussed what my vision was for it. And uh, and, and really, it was really exciting to to know that there was somebody who believed in what uh, I felt God was wanting me to do. And so, so my role as a Mission Canada worker is to go into high schools across the country, not just in Ottawa, but across the country. And uh, there are about 4 million plus high school students across Canada. And you may not be aware of this, but most of them do not go to church. And so my plan and my heart is to bring the church to them. And uh, because we are the church. And so it doesn't matter that they're not coming to a building, but if we, the church, can go into the schools and be around these people and allow God to be revealed in our life, I believe that when God is revealed, He can be received. And so my hope when I go into high schools, one of my primary roles is to go in as a uh, motivational speaker about creating community in your high school. Um, Our students are so well well engaged with social media these days, but the problem with social media, as great as it is, as fantastic as it is, it robs robs us of genuine relationship. You see, genuine relationship is not just about connections, it's about an intimacy, it's about an experience. When you have a genuine relationship, you experience life with people. And and I've I've asked, it's not just something that I thought up of myself, I I actually asked a high school, what is the greatest need when it comes to your school? And they told me, our students walk around like zombies. They talk on a regular basis through social media. They stay up all hours of the night. They come to school and they don't talk to each other because they don't know how to communicate face-to-face anymore. And one of the things that's great about the church is that we believe in community, right? We believe that it's important for us to connect. We believe it's important for us to have relationships where, where we don't miss out on meeting together and supporting one another. That's the kind of culture we want to bring to schools. The other part of my, of my project would be to, to go into cities and develop projects where uh, I would work on behalf of a church. So for example, if I came into this city, I would, I would partner with you guys and I would do the work because I know that your pastors are very busy. I know that your church is very busy. I can see by the dust in the air. And, 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 and so I would 
would put on a project that would, that would join the schools in the area, but also allow me to say, oh yeah, our, our main sponsor for the event, even though you're not even doing anything, would be Weston Road Church. And it connects the church to the schools because the schools for a long time now have believed that, no, the church cannot be a part of this. The church cannot be a part of this. But I believe the church can be a part of it. And I believe the church needs to be a part of it. And so my, my prayer is that, and my hope this morning is that you would partner with me in some way through prayer. Prayer is the biggest need that I have. Prayer for, for me to have open doors. Prayer for me to have great conversations. And, and I know when the last time I was here, I shared some stories about my high school life. And, and, and some of those relationships that I talked about are, are still happening because of this opportunity that I have. The teacher that I spoke about last time I was here, I had a conversation with her recently. And, and she's already invited me to come and help teach her class. And I'm really excited about spending time with students in their school. And so, so prayer is one of the biggest things. The other side is the financial need. And I know you have invested a lot of finances into this place. And, I, and I'm so happy that you have because this place is not just meant for you. It's meant for those who aren't here yet. And so as you invest into your building, you are investing into the lives of those people who are about to come into this building. And I'm believing that you will see souls come into this place who don't know Jesus. And they're going to leave through the doors knowing who Jesus is, having a personal relationship with him. And I'm excited for you, the church. But right now, as a missionary, my, my, my role is to raise my own support. And so my, my monthly budget is about $7,000 a month. That includes all the workings of my, of my ministry. It, it, it gives me a salary. And, and we, have, um, we have now got about $2,000 a month. And so I'm $5,000 away from officially being uh, on the employment side of Mission Canada. And so I know that it's, it's hard. I, I, I asked this one person from our church one time, um, this is our need. This is what we have. He goes, well, I can't give you $5,000 a month. I'm like, I'm not asking for $5,000 a month. That's what I need. But, but every dollar counts. And every, every dollar is not just you giving me money, but it's invested into the lives of students across this country, which I believe is such an important thing for the future of our country. And so if you have any desire to find out more information, how you can partner with me, I do have a table set up at the back. And I have these, these cards right here. You'll have my beautiful face on it. If you want to look at me for the rest of your life, you could do that. And, uh, and you could pray for me and find out how you can help out. Um, there is a card in there that gives uh, an option for you to give financially. Um, but if you don't want to do that yet, that's okay. But what I would love for you to do is grab one of these cards and just fill out the part that has your name and your email address. And I would love to put you on my mailing list so you can know what's going on. I update quite often when I'm going somewhere to preach or to a school to let you know how you can pray for me. And I'm believing that God's going to do some incredible things this year in our school. I'm going to read one scripture verse that has nothing to do with my message, but it's an important piece of scripture. It says this in Romans chapter 10, verses 14 to 15, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. And my plan with Mission Canada is to bring the good news to students who need to hear the good news. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for allowing me to share that. Um, if you have your Bibles this morning, I would love for you to go to the book of Mark, Mark chapter 10. And I, I want to share a message this morning um, called, What Do You Really Want? And I know for some of you that might be an exciting thing to answer that question, but I'll share my frustrations with that question in just a moment. But what do you really want? Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. And if, if you are here and, and maybe you're new to church, you're not sure where to find Mark in the Bible. Um, it's after Genesis and before Revelation. And uh, you will find your way there, I'm sure. As you're turning there, I'll just give you a little bit of an update. When I was here last time, I told you I have three daughters. 
Um, I have three kids. My beautiful wife, Rachel, and I have been married uh, for nine years, and we have three daughters, and um, any day now, we're waiting for our fourth child. Um, Yes, it's pretty exciting. So, Lord, would you hear my cry for a boy this morning? And um, I'm... (laughs) I'm excited uh, for, for our next child, and it's going to be a good time, and uh, we're looking forward to just filling up our house with more craziness. Um, so let's read this piece of scripture this morning. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me forever, or let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word and the truth that it speaks. This morning, would your truth not be just information gathered? But Lord, would it be something that would uh, uh, affect our heart today? Would it be something that we apply to our life? God, Scripture says that from the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so I pray that your word would get into our heart. It would infiltrate our heart this morning so that when we speak, your word is what comes out. The way we live, it's your word that would come out. So Father, today be with me. Be with these people that are here today. Lord, I love you. I need you more than I ever have. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I don't know about you, but um, I, I love receiving gifts. I, I don't know if you're like me. I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat of a kid still. I know I look really good for my age, but, but I'm not a kid anymore. And, and, and so, but I still love getting gifts. And, and one of the things for me receiving gifts when I was younger was I hated surprises. So I tried my best to find out what my gifts were before they ever came to me. And so there was a few Christmases in a row where I had no gifts to open. And the reason why was because I would harass my parents until they finally said yes to giving me my gifts early. I was persistent, and I'm sure they loved me for it. And and there were times where where I knew how to trick them into finding out what my gifts were. There were times where I knew I wanted video games, and I know you're thinking, well, why do you want video games? I'm I'm 35, and and I still love playing video games. And and, and so I would find out the way, um, this way, I would walk in the mall with my mom, um, I was young, I was like 25, and, um, and we, would, we would walk together in the mall, and I wanted this one game, and so I would say, I'm just going to go into this store, and she would say, what are you going to that store for? I'm like, well, there's a game I'm thinking of buying, I've saved some money, I want to get it, and she's like, well, what game? And I already know that I've gone down the right path, because she says, what game? And I would say NHL, or FIFA, or whatever game, and, and when she would say, no, not, you can't do that, I'm like, can I have it early? Because you already got it for me, let's just be honest. And I would get the gift that I was supposed to get. But there are moments where I also got gifts that I did not want. Have you ever been there? You got a bad gift? Wives, maybe next to you is your husband who's given you a bad gift once or twice. I've done that with my wife. She remembers those days. And she reminds me of those days. But there was this one time in my life where I made a comment about a picture of a wolf. True story. It was just a nice picture of a wolf at wintertime. It amazed me, I guess. And so I, I mentioned how it was nice. And so, for Christmas, my mom bought me uh, a picture of a wolf. And I thought that was it, but then I opened up my sister's gift to me. 
And it was a book about wolves. At one point, my mom bought a blanket of wolves. I I have no idea. I'm like, mom, what are you thinking? I don't really care that much about wolves other than they scare me. Like, that's just about it. But they bought me wolves. And my sister gave me this book. And I opened it up. And I'm like, really? This is what you think of me. You bought me a book about wolves. When have I ever said, hmm, I'd love to know more about wolves? Uh, Never. And so I returned the gift quietly. and, um, And it was just one of those moments. But here's the problem with gifts. And I I dislike this question very much. It's, hey, what do you want? What do you, what would you like to have? What, what would you want? Because that's an unfair question because if I know who's asking the question, it'll determine what I'm asking for. Some people will say this to me, what would you want? And I'll say, oh, I don't need anything. Like, no, no, seriously, what do you want? And then if my mom were to ask me, it's something smaller. You don't ask for something too big, but I'll have this. No, what do you really want? Well, what I really want is a new car because I'm having more kids. And so it'd be nice to have a vehicle that works properly. But, but that's besides the point. And the problem is when you ask that question, you can't truthfully a- answer it because you know what you actually really want can't be met by that person. And so I find myself frustrated with that question. And in our scripture today, Jesus asks this question to Bartimaeus. And we'll get to that in a moment, but allow me to paint a picture for you today. There's this guy by the name of Bartimaeus, and we, we see him show up in other parts of the gospel, and, and, and he's named in this one. In other parts of the gospel, you'll see there's two blind men, but, and so we can assume that Bartimaeus was hanging out with a friend that day. And just like any other day, he got up... And he got his spot ready. I grew up in Montreal, and so I I know taking the metro oftentimes, you'd see the same people in the same places begging for food or begging for money. And they do so because of the traffic that would go by in that location. And it becomes their spot. It becomes where they're going to be located. And so I I can see Bartimaeus getting ready that morning for the crowds that would come by, gets up at the right time, gets in the right place, and he's all set. He's got his friend. We'll just call him, uh, I don't know, Pete. I don't know why. It might change as I go along. But but Bartimaeus and Pete are hanging out. And I'm sure at some point it was a little different. And Bartimaeus might have said, hey, where is everybody today? And Pete said, "I, I have no clue. Bartimaeus is talking to Pete. He's like, but Pete, usually the crowds are coming by at this time. And, and Pete says, Bartimaeus, I'm over here. And I'm oh, sorry, because he's blind. And, and so Pete, Pete says to him, I, I have no clue. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen the people like we normally see. And, and he goes, Bartimaeus is like, neither have I. I haven't seen them for years. It was a joke. And, and so, so they're kind of caught off guard by the lack of people walking through. And then all of a sudden, a commotion happens in the distance. Where they begin to hear something out of the ordinary. That it doesn't sound like every regular day they've had before. It's a little bit different. And all of a sudden Bartimaeus begins to ask some questions. Hey, hey what's, what's going off in the distance? What's, what's happening just, just a little bit down the road? I, I need to know. I hear something and it, it doesn't make sense because this is not a normal sound that we hear. The crowd is a little bit more riled up today. And some passerbyers might have gone by and I could see him saying, hey, what, what, what's happening? They're like, you haven't heard? No, I haven't heard anything. It's Jesus. Jesus? Yeah, Jesus of Nazareth. He's, he's, he's coming through. Like he's leaving the city right now. He's making his way through. And, and I could just see Bartimaeus saying, wait, hang on a second. You're talking about Jesus. Like the guy that we've, we've heard about that heals people. Yeah, that's the guy. Jesus, the one who has the ability to do all things, he is coming by this place right now. They're like, yeah, he's, he's making his way out of the city. And I can see Bartimaeus thinking to himself, okay, well, 
if he's walking by, this is my moment. This is my moment. It says, it says that Jesus was passing by, was passing through. And please hear me, church. There are many opportunities in your life that will come by you. There are many moments in your life where God has specifically put an opportunity in front of you for you to act upon that opportunity. Maybe it's, it's just to see him and experience him in a different way. Or maybe it's, it's a, to, to meet a specific person. There's, there's opportunities that are going by us every day of our life that God has set you up for. I think I said it last time, but God has set you up to succeed and he puts successful moments right in front of you. And I learned this a while ago that opportunities of a lifetime need to be received or need to be acted upon in the lifetime of the opportunity. That as opportunities are there, you must act upon that opportunity while the opportunity is still present. And you think about Bartimaeus, he's in this moment and, and it says that Jesus is passing by and he has a moment, an opportunity to encounter the one who might potentially be able to heal him from his blindness. So Bartimaeus is sitting there beside Pete. He's like, hey Pete, tell me, tell me when Jesus gets closer. He's like, I'm over here, sorry. He goes, tell me when he gets closer. He's like, okay. And the crowd, he could hear the crowd getting closer and closer. He goes, is he here yet? No, not yet. How about now? Is he here yet? No, not yet. The opportunity of a lifetime is passing right by. And finally, in one moment, he says, Pete says to him, there's Jesus. He's passing right in front of you right now. And, and everything inside of Bartimaeus, while he's normally doing the, the blind beggar stuff, he, he's sitting there and now he knows that this is his opportunity. And it says that he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And you know what's so interesting about this? Because we know we're told, call out to Jesus, and he responds. But in this case, he did not respond. And I don't know about you, but that would be kind of frustrating. Have you ever had those seasons where you're calling out to him and you feel like he can't hear you? These past 12 months, for my wife and I, there's plenty of moments like that for us. You might not be able to tell, but I'm trying to get in shape. Thank you for laughing. I don't know if that was a good laugh or he's like, you don't need to get in shape or yeah, you do. But there's been moments where the finances aren't coming in the way we thought they were going to come in. The booking requests aren't happening like I thought they were going to happen. And I go out for, for my morning run or I go out for a morning walk and, and there's moments on my, on my way back. I'm just talking to God and saying, God, do you even hear me? Do you even know that I'm alive? Can you see my family struggling right now? And there was one, one day where, where, where something happened and, and, and I realized that we were at the end of our rope and I was in the car. I dropped my kids off to school and I just began to scream in my car. Anybody walking by like, keep that man away from our school. But I was like, God, do you not even know what's going on? And there are times, there are seasons where it feels like God cannot hear us. But please hear me, church. God hears every word that you say. He knows everything that's going on in your life. You are not a mystery to him. He created you. He's purposed your life. And he knows exactly the season you are in. And I, and I know from experience, he is a provider for your need. But in this moment, doubt must have crept in. Especially when the crowd looks to Bartimaeus and says this, can you stop bothering him right now? Can you just leave him alone? Can't you see he's doing something? And for many of us, there are doubts that come into our life where we think, how can I even 
call out to him again. It says the crowd rebuked him. My question to you today is what's rebuking you from stopping, from, from keep calling? What, what, what is rebuking you from, from calling out to Jesus? What or who is preventing you from going after him? What or who has, has happened in your life that has made you think to yourself, what's the point? Why would I call out again if he didn't help me the first time? What, why should I say something again? But going after him, going after his presence is what God wants you to do. Here's what I learned in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. I believe it says this. That God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There is something about persistence that touches the heart of God. You see in the stories that are shared in the Gospels, there is something about persistence. Church, please hear me. If you think he has not heard you, keep calling. If you feel like he has not heard you yet and your prayer has not been answered, keep calling. Keep being persistent because he is attracted to persistence. This applies for you uh, as, a, as an individual, as a family, but also as a church body. The things that your church is so, so uh, desiring to see God do in this place, in the lives of those in this community, keep calling. Keep being persistent. If your pastor says, hey, we're going to have a prayer service, don't say I'm busy. Don't say I have other things to do. Keep being persistent. And can I just say as a side note, as you go over to the, 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 the school and your church is asking for volunteers, don't be just a consumer in this church. But be somebody who says, yes, where can I help? Be a part of the solution. Be a part of the progress. Don't just sit back and watch. If you can help, even if it's in the smallest way, help. If it's opening the door on Sunday when they try and set up, open the door for those bringing the stuff with their vehicles. But don't be just a consumer. I promise you, you'll get way more out of being a participator than just a consumer. That's why I love, there's, I believe it's, there's one church that said, we don't have members, we have owners. Because a member feels entitled, but an owner feels responsible. Be an owner of this place. Be persistent in your seeking of him. Keep going after him. And so what does Bartimaeus do? He actually gets a little more excited. He goes, no way. This is my moment. It says that he cried even louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And in that moment, I could almost feel the crowd look at Bartimaeus They, we already told you, but also look at Jesus, see if he was annoyed. And in that moment, Jesus stops and says, call him. Call him. And don't you love it that when you're in need, when you're frustrated, and everybody's kind of turned their back on you, how quickly they come to your rescue when God has already answered you? Oh, I'll help you now that God's on your side because I can see it. Please. Do not allow your persistence to be dictated on other people's help in your life. But all you need is him. You see, when I ask for finances, I, I, I'm thankful for anybody who gives, any business who gives, any individual who gives. And it's great. We give tax receipts. It's awesome. It's fantastic. But here's the thing. My hope for my finances are not in people. So even if my friends turn their back on me, it's okay because God knows my need. And I keep going to him with my need. And he has put it in people's hearts to come alongside me and say, hey, we want to see you move the kingdom forward. So they said, hey, get up. He's calling you. And I love this part. It says that Bar Bartimaeus took off his cloak. He threw it aside. And when it says he threw it aside, he didn't just like take it off and just put it away. It was almost like a violent throw. He was removing the thing that represented his past. He was removing the thing that might have entangled him on the way to Jesus. 
And as a beggar, as, as I've seen growing up, your spot is a very important spot. And you don't get up for nothing. So he's saying, I'm getting rid of all of this because my life is about to change. Expectation about what Jesus can do. Please allow your expectation level in him to rise up. Please allow your expectation level in him to rise up. Please do not let it just stay here, but allow it to go higher and higher. He is okay with your expectation of him. He wants you to expect good things. That's why he allows us to come with persistence. He threw his cloak aside. He got rid of it and said, I'm not coming to this again. Throwing it with force that which God was, was, he was connected to that thing. And so he, he wanted to get rid of it so he could receive that which he was becoming. And he finally finds his way to Jesus. And I always found it funny. Allow me to just make one quick joke for the fun of it. But I always ask the question, how did he find his way to Jesus? Did somebody actually physically bring him? Because remember, he's blind. And so I could just picture him trying to get to Jesus. And I don't know if they made, they might have played Marco Polo. I have no idea. Jesus Christ. And so like he, he finds, I apologize if that was inappropriate, but, but he finds his way to Jesus at some point. He's like, Jesus, he's like, I'm over here. Sorry, Jesus. And if I'm Bartimaeus in this moment and Jesus is who he says he is, my assumption is he should already know what I need. But there's a moment where Jesus asks him the most frustrating question. He says, what do you want? What do you want me to do from you? And and I'm I'm Bartimaeus, just allow me for a moment to take this at face value. Isn't it obvious? I can't see, but can't you see what I need right now? Hello? Hello? But I believe with all my heart there's a reason why Jesus asked him that question. It wasn't just some made-up question just to get the conversation going, but it was a specific, specific question to get him to evaluate what he really needs. And sometimes we're too afraid to ask for something because we think it's too big. Please, there's nothing bigger than God. There's nothing outside of his power. There's nothing outside of his ability. And so whatever that need is, please hear me, there's a difference between need and wants. And I believe with all my heart that as we pursue him, pursue his presence, that eventually he will give you the desires of your heart. Not just he'll give you what you want, but he'll actually give you what you want to desire. If you pursue him, he will give you a desire to see people get saved. He will give you a desire to see this church grow. He will give you a desire to see your family healthy. He will give you the desire of what you are needing and what you should pray for. You find that in his presence But he asked this question, Bartimaeus, what do you want? What what, what is it that you want? I don't know if I can get somebody to come back up and and play. We're going to close in just a moment. I'd love for us to be able to sing or come to the altar again as we conclude this morning. But here's the thing. You see, the first time Bartimaeus called, he was ignored, or so we like to think. But I believe with all my heart, Jesus heard him the first time. And he heard his question. And his question was this, or his request was this. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus kept walking. He heard him. Then again, Jesus, 
Son of David, have mercy on me. I believe, one, he was allowing persistence to show up. I also believe he was giving him an opportunity to be honest. You see, the word mercy, actually, the definition would be pity. Have pity on me. Jesus, son of David, would you have pity on me? Another way of saying it, would you feel sorry for me? Jesus, son of David, would you feel bad for me in my situation? Would you feel sorry for me? Church, I I don't want to diminish anybody's situation or circumstance that what you're going through is real. That the circumstances that you face in your life are real. But to ask, could you feel sorry for me? It's probably not the right question. God wants to know your need. And I like to think about it this way, that when he said, would you have pity on me? Would you feel sorry for me? I believe that maybe there's a conversation. I know it's not written in the scripture, but allow me to go off the script for a moment. Hey, Bartimaeus, what do you want? I, I know you said, would you have mercy on me? I know you asked me to feel sorry for you. Is that really what you want? Do you just really want me to feel bad for you? Because let me tell you something, Bartimaeus. Every other person that walks by you every single day already feels sorry for you. Well, we can admit it. We walk by people in the street all the time. We're like, ah, that's so sad. That's so sad. And depending on their situation, if they have kids or no kids or whatever, we feel even more sorry or not, or a little bit less or a little bit more. And Jesus says... Is that really what you want? Do you really want me to just feel sorry for you? Do you realize who I am? Like there's a reason why you called out to me. Because you've heard of what I have done. And please hear me Bartimaeus. I can do more than just feel sorry for you. But if that's all you want, poor Bartimaeus, have a good day. So I believe when he says, what do you want? He's actually actually asking, what do you really want me to do? Bartimaeus, for that moment, finally gets honest. He says, I want to see. I want my sight to come back. I, I want to be able to see the people. I want to be able to see in front of me. Jesus responds with, I thought that's what you wanted. See, God knows your need, even though you don't verbalize it sometimes. I assume that's what you wanted. And because of your faith, you are willing to ask me for that. That is what I will give you today. And you know what's amazing? It says that instantly he receives his sight. And you know what's even better than that? It says that he begins to follow Jesus. He left his spot of comfort. He left his comfort zone. He stepped out of his comfort zone and went after Jesus. Followed him. You see, when God touches your life, He does it so you can move forward, not so you can stay where you were. When God touches your life, He's not doing it so you can just sit in a pew, but He's calling you deeper. He's calling you further. So when you build this new building, what do you want me to do, says the Lord? We want to have good services? Because I'm sure and I believe you've already had those. You want to have some good worship? I know by the quality of your worship leaders, you've already had that. You want some good preaching? I know by the quality of your pastor, you've already had that. 
want me to do something greater than just have a good service. And I believe, because I know your pastor's heart, that his desire, when he calls up to God on behalf of this church, it's not a new building. It's not that. It's souls. You can make this building look all fancy. And it might look good from the outside driving past it. But if there's nobody here on the inside, it's just a building that has no value to it. What will make this place incredible is not a new building. What will make this place incredible are souls. Are people who walk by this building every single day, drive by this building every single day, who don't know Jesus. And your building being expanded is not for you to be comfortable. It's for you to be stretched. It's for you to go out of your comfort zone and allow God to challenge you. He wants to take you to a different level as a church. He wants to take you on a different level as a business owner, as a family. He's touched your life and he wants to continue to touch your life so you can progress, not stay where you are. So what can you throw off today? What's been holding you back from going after him? What can you throw off today? My question to you, and you can answer this today. Find a moment today and say, here's what I really want you to do, God. Because if you don't do this, nobody else can. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, set up the privacy for this moment? I don't know everybody in this room, so I can't leave this stage without asking this very important question. here in this place and you have never said yes to a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you have never said, Jesus, I believe that you lived and I believe that you died and I believe that you rose again for my sins. Today, Jesus, I want to have a relationship with you. If you have never made that commitment and today you want to say yes to that relationship, would you just lift your hand up high enough so I can see it? We're just going to wait just a moment for you to, to answer the most important question you'll ever be asked in this life that's you. Just lift your hand up high enough so I can see. I'm going to wait about three seconds, two seconds, one second. Now I'm going to pray for you, church. And I'm going to believe with you. I I see the posts on social media about your church. And I get excited every time I see another update. Because every time I see another update, I know that God's doing something different. And God has a master plan that you might not be able to fully understand yet, but he has it can't wait to reveal it to you so father i thank you for this church i thank you for these people i pray lord that this morning as they've heard your word they would receive your word that they would be encouraged that they would be strengthened and god i pray that they would not be shy to ask you for what they really need that they would not be afraid to go out of their comfort zone and say, God, this is what I need you to do. And they'd be ready to receive your answer. So, Father, I pray for this church as they go through this building program, as they, as they close down shop in this physical building. But, God, I know you've already opened up shop to reach people in this city. That people will begin to hear about Weston Road. And people from all different areas will come and say, I've heard about this place. I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here because I've heard that something is passing me by and I can't wait any longer. God, I pray for the leadership of this church, for their pastor, for their board. 
Father, would you encourage them and strengthen them? Continue to reassure them that they are following in step with what you are doing. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. Would you be with me? Would you be with my family? Would you continue to do what you've always done in these past months is provide. Provide in miraculous ways. God, we love you today. We need you more than we ever have today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you sing this song this morning? Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear about it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westonroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.